0: In Canada, one woman is killed in a violent act every other day. The spike in domestic violence that began during the pandemic is still on the rise. Numbers in Canada have leapt by 27% since 2019, and in Israel, the situation is just as critical, with 16 Israeli women already murdered this year. True to its mission, CHW is stepping up to support emergency services in Canada and Israel at this critical time. Help CHW empower victims of domestic violence by supporting the 27-hour SOS crowdfunding campaign. From August 22nd to 23rd, every dollar will be quadrupled when you donate online at chwsos.ca.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're the warmers your biweekly look at the world of and sports. I'm Jamie. I'm here with my friend Gabe. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty darn good. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, we we are recording this on. It is it is the dog days of summer. Oh, yeah. We're we've entered August. It's it's August is
1: MLB trade. Not the time. best month.
0: Yes, that's right. Which, I I, you know, is it a dar two right now? <laughs> I think we're in a dar two.
1: From a sports perspective, it's really like this period between, like, uh, the end of the tennis grand slams and golf majors until, like, football starts. Uh, If you're a real sicko and watch, like, preseason football, like, fine. But, like, otherwise it's just, like, August doesn't have much going on. There's no TV. You know, there's a reason why people go away. Uh, People go away for, uh, you know, vacations this time of year. Um, But we are still, you know, bringing the world the, the important stuff and information news. From the world of Jews and sports. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. And you know, it was the Ashes this week. Ah, so, it was the Ashes. Okay. It
0: was the Ashes. Uh, Great. Sport, you know, cricket. The Ashes currently, I don't believe, have any Jews. Uh, we've got some UK it's listeners true. that confirm It's true. It's, confirm the wo- that.
1: It, it, it's, the, it's the Women's World Cup as well, which uh, also doesn't have any Jewish participants this year. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of Jewish women who have, who have been at the highest levels of soccer. Um, but no one didn't, no Jews in the World Cup this time around. Um, we should say off the top that we do have a, uh, an exciting interview coming up with, uh, with Josh Sokol of Montreal, who is the recent NASPA, uh, Scrabble championship. He won the North American Scrabble, uh, championship just last week in Las Vegas. And it's really uh, nice to talk to him about sort of his career in Scrabble and, you know, focusing on a more, a more cottagey, uh, of the sports. Something he explained to us, and we sort of get into it a little bit. There's a lot of Jews in
0: Scrabble. Yeah. In our last episode, we sort of isolated the poker stars of Judaism <laughs> right. um, that were few and far between, Stu Unger and then some guys nobody have, has heard of. But it, it feels like in the you know in the Scrabble world, it's really going from the Abramsons to the Zelikovitzes. Um, it is really a a uh, a mishpucha of Scrabble players.
1: Yeah, uh, that's right, and 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 you know the the guy who invented Scrabble, uh, whose name was Alfred Butts. Uh, I believe. Oh boy, I believe was Jewish, but maybe not. I I I, I that's like, like a B U T
0: T S Butts.
1: Yeah, Butts is not the most Jewish last name, I guess. But anyway, yeah, the, but um, his
0: his middle name was Mosher, um, and he's from Poughkeepsie. So I think that's we've got some. We've got yeah, some hints there.
1: Um, but Josh uh, Sokol mentioned that the person who won the like competing Scrabble championship uh, that uses the other dictionary and and real Scrabble heads will know that there's competing dictionaries uh, in the Scrabble world. Um, but he is also Jewish. He's a Jewish Australian guy, um, I believe, uh, by the name of David David Eldar. Uh, so, you know, there's there's lots of Jews in, in Scrabble. I don't know if I know the, all the reasons. Um you know, it's 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 a less physical sport, but definitely an interesting one. Uh, and it was interesting to talk to Josh about. Uh, I know you and I have gone back and forth on on some Scrabble games in our in our history. Uh, so, some 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 origin stories here of uh, of, yes. of, of late night Scrabble games. Um, there's
0: there's a lot of them. Um And you know, Scrabble is. I think all of us. There's a lot of some people. You know, can play Scrabble all the time. Other folks, it's not quite the lifestyle it is for Josh. Um, but I think. You know, most Jews can say that Scrabble is a part of their life. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I it is a, I should say, just to, to steal a couple of words, it's a quixotic game. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, there you go. I think that that could be worth, you know, 60, 65 points without any um, bonuses on that one. Uh, but, you know, it, it, the Jews have a long history in Scrabble and and it's exciting to talk to Josh about it. Um as we sort of, you know, watch the baseball season drone on.
1: Yeah. Um, before we get to that, just uh, uh you know, a few news uh type items to to talk about. Um, I wanted to mention that someone we've talked about before on this podcast, Alina Svidalina, uh, the Ukrainian tennis player who recently had some real success making it uh all the way to the semifinals of Wimbledon uh in the United Kingdom. She she has been of of loose Jewish uh background like that's something we've talked about before we've talked about her uh other people have talked about as well and it's always been this sort of like she is rumored to have some jewish background um i can say that I, I i wasn't instrumental but i i was talking to uh for former guest in front of the pod lewis keen of uh, jta who uh sorry ford um who sort of dug into it and i think actually ended up contacting alina's brother uh, and finding out that their grandmother is Jewish. One of their grandmothers is Jewish, still residing in, o- in Odessa. Um, and can, you know, he wrote the, the article on it that can be used as a sort of definitive source instead of circular sourcing on Wikipedia about you know, rumored too. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, I don't know that she identifies. necessarily. Ne- exciting. I don't know if she identifies necessarily, but uh, I, I did dig up an interview she gave uh, where she talked about how Israel had reached out at an earlier stage in her career about coming over there to play. Uh, ultimately it wasn't what she decided to do, but, uh, you know, interesting nonetheless. And, uh, her husband, uh, tennis player, Gail Monfie, I believe just announced his retirement as well. So congratulations to the, uh,
0: well, they've got a nice little family going. Now yeah. we move on in a, a news update from someone we've talked about on the podcast, Alina Vitalita to someone we've talked to on this podcast, which is recently named international league player of the week, Spencer Horwitz. Yeah. Um, he had his, you know, major league debut recently, uh, there wasn't room for him on the team right now, sent back down. As of, you know, now he is still a Blue Jay. Looks like he will stay there throughout the trade deadline, which is exciting for us being from Toronto and, you know, admirers and uh, uh, appreciators of him as a dude, as well as a player. Um, but he was recently named the best player of the week in the International League, the Minor League, that the Buffalo Bisons play in. So big muzzle tough to Spencer on that one.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, I, you know, I, do, I think it remains to be seen whether he'll, make it back up at the club if they need some help. Uh rosters don't expand in the same way in September that they used Not to. Not anymore. I
0: think it's only two more players. Yeah, exactly.
1: So But used he's to still be, on the 40 man. Yeah. It it used to be that you could really just have like all your guys up in, in, in September for the last push or just to give them some seasoning uh and experience. But um I, I I think now it's just yeah, you get one or two extra guys and that's it. Um so we'll see if he if he's someone who they need, uh if there's any injuries. Uh, he can fill in around around the diamond um, and and see how he does. Um, I want to shout out as well that uh, I saw that uh, Jewish-Canadian Aston Martin driver Lance Stroll had a ninth place finish um, at the recent Belgian GP. Um, This has been a sort of uh, boring year for racing as I, as I understand it' I'm not I'm not the biggest uh, f1 devotee it has not
0: been that exciting yeah, I will be
1: honest that, that uh, Max Verstappen has sort of run away with it but uh, great to see Lance you know have another uh, points and and he is in the top 10 now for uh, for the season so yeah he'll, probably... he'll
0: finish with his best season of his career for sure he' does, probably you know, be he's a top had a 10 couple finisher, of podiums yeah. before He's had a couple of podiums before but this will be the best season of his career sort of on the whole.
1: Yeah, so hopefully uh, when the season's over in in October, uh, November, hopefully we can find some time to talk with him uh, if he's able to make it back to Montreal. And you know, I think for those guys, there's such like, there's so much like training and focus that goes into their athleticism that it's like I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if it's just like, no, I just go sleep in a hyperbaric chamber for four months and uh, you know, wake <laughs> up and and they strap me into a race car. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it's not. They don't have. I don't think. I think you're right. I don't think they have a lot of uh, free time. Yeah. Uh,
1: But now let's move on to our interview with uh, Montreal's own Josh Sokol. We're joined tonight by Josh Sokol. Uh, Josh is the recent winner of the NASPA Scrabble Players Championship. Josh, how are you doing?
2: Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're good. Josh,
1: what is is the NASPA Scrabble Players Championship? Can you tell us about about your, your recent victory?
2: A big W, Scrabble <laughs> Until recently, it was pretty much uh, unequivocally the biggest Scrabble tournament in North America. And winning it was just like winning the World Series, basically. Well, congratulations, <laughs> uh, we should say. $10,000, you won. Yeah, very, but then, then I big won big it, win. and now it's just like... Yeah, it's just like a, a home game, basically.
1: Right. It's just another <laughs> tournament. But yeah, thanks. Uh, where, where was the tournament held? It was in Las Vegas. Is it in a casino? Is it in a
2: convention center? Yeah, it was in the Westgate.
0: So if you're... So just if off your first question, immediately unless If you're playing Scrabble in Vegas, what is the like money games between two pros like? Are there money games?
2: There could be. There wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't. It's it's unfortunate. I feel like COVID has like sort of washed away a lot of like after hours play there used to be a big big a big scene of just like after hours variants of scrabble and other other games like people play chess whatever a bunch of stuff but yeah uh now nowadays the only like cash games people play is like very rarely you'll play some like some blitz scrabble for for money and what's down i'm always down but yeah
1: (laughs) So what? So what's the format like at the NASPA tournament? Is it just playing all day, and then uh, like do, do you advance with high scores, or is it best record? How does it, how does that go?
2: Yeah, it's uh so it's nine to six every day. You play seven games. Um, so there's a lunch break in between. You play one on one, and yeah, each game counts uh, as a win or a loss, or maybe a tie. Ties are really unlikely, but yeah, right. the way that it's it's uh it's rated is yeah, if you have the most wins, you're in first place. And if you're tied with the amount of wins as someone else, then the entire score differential between all of your games is counted as a tiebreaker. Okay. And uh, then it goes on to a, a playoff system of some sort? Yeah. So for the last, they, they change it all the time, but last year and this year, there was a finals format. I mean, purists prefer it to just be like a straight thing because let's say I finished, well, this is exactly what happened. I finished four games ahead of second place. And even if in the finals, I had lost all three games in a best of five, I still would have had more wins as the second place guy at the end. So the purists are like, uh, finals, what is this? But it's way more exciting now. So it was 28 games and then a best of five. If
0: you're telling me that Scrabble players argue about the minutia of the rules of this tournament, then I refuse to believe it.
2: Mm-hmm, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so let's let's <laughs> talk a little bit. Now we have the tournament about you. Where are you from? You know, uh, tell us. I we we believe we talked earlier. You are Jewish. That's part of the show. What's what was your Jewish upbringing like, vis a vis or without Scrabble?
2: Yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. I moved to Montreal when I was ten, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, we basically just played games. And I feel like word games are somewhat, somewhat like Jewish leaning. Of a oh of yeah a, yeah of, of, a, of a Scrabble, thing. Scrabble for, for sure. I think yeah. it has always um, had a Jewish. A Were you Jewish
1: a games family?
2: i yeah um, yeah. But Scrabble is my parents' favorite game. It became my favorite game. I've only played one game in Hebrew. I made one word, and then I, I stopped playing.
0: Do you, do you play in French? Um, That's all. That was a, a later on question. Being a Montrealer now.
2: Yeah, when I lived at home, I played. I played in French with my dad. Or some, I've I've played online as well. It's a different game, though. I, I prefer the right. English version of the game, and there's a specific reason why. I don't need to get into it, but it's uh, well.
1: No, get into it. What's the What's the reason why? What is it about the English game that is is interesting? Um,
2: or, yeah, or the most compelling? I, th- I think there's, there's just a lot more like strategy and like in between in between tactics going on in French. There aren't very many short words and a ton of okay. long words because all the words are verb endings um basically all the words are because there's like so many conjugations so yeah because of that like it's really there's a lot i feel like there's a lot more like variance. there's a lot more uh luck in the in the french game and it's not it's less about like your strategic mastery of the game and more about like just knowing words and i've never been very good i mean i'm obviously really good at knowing words but that's never been my forte
1: well, so I want to ask about that because I, I think of myself uh, as as a relatively decent Scrabble player. Like I would say, certainly I know all the two-letter words, the Q words, the Js, the Xs, things like that. Um, but I don't know all the threes, and I certainly don't know anything beyond that. Um, as a pro, as someone who's who's hitting the highest level, do you have do you have the Scrabble dictionary me- uh,
2: memorized? Do you have every word at, at your command? I should. I don't. I should. Um, yeah, the best of the best. Very rarely make mistakes. I'm getting there. I've put a lot of work in for me, like, but yeah, it's never been my forte. I did make a couple of mistakes. Um, I usually make maybe one word knowledge mistake a game on average. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty up there. Like, I, does that, I tend does that to mean go either
1: to, go ahead when you say word knowledge mistakes? Does that mean either playing a, an invalid word or or failing to call out? somebody else's invalid word. It or could be that, bad, that or it could just be
2: maybe? like not knowing a word, like a word's validity for sure. And so not playing it or yeah, I've, a bunch bunch right. of different stuff. I've read like
0: that. that there reaches a certain level of Scrabble play where a little bit, and, and maybe this is part of the Jewish, you know, aspect of it is a little bit becomes a bit of a confidence game is saying like, Oh, I know this is a word or is that person trying to pull one over on me? There's a lot of sort of, mental back and forth where you're daring each other to to call each other out which is i find the type of envelope pushing that we as a people are very good at
2: yeah uh, there there is an, in north american play there is uh, a large bluffing aspect because the uh, the price to try and call someone's word off is is a turn and a turn is worth right. a lot of points so yeah, it's there. There is some bluffing involved, and it's, it's sort of like poker in that regard. But I would say at the highest levels, it's more like chess. Right, uh,
1: Josh. We should say that uh, to our audience that you also stream uh, Scrabble play sometimes on on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, your your handles ax, ax or typo. Does that uh, does that mean anything? Does that have any no, I just, just
2: handle needed a new like my sure my old email address was scrabble underscore wwe. <laughs> <and> <laughs> I've abandoned. I've I've You've su- abandoned since abandoned WWE the WWE. Fandom? I needed to find something to call myself, so I just tried to type something pseudo random. I wonder, address.
1: but the, que- the the question I had about about that and and online play in general compared to in person play is uh, to what degree is is cheating going on and what if any methods are there to, uh, I don't know, verify people's play. I mean, obviously in person, you know, you can see, you know, someone doesn't have a dictionary in front of them or or a phone in front of them or something like that. Um, But what do you do when you're playing someone online?
2: Yeah. Online is, uh, you basically can never really know. If you're playing your friends, it's more of a trust thing there. And as a streamer, like, yeah, most people, there's this mutual trust. Like I play the same people over and over again. But honestly, the thing about Scrabble that's so great—I mean, there's many things. But one of the things is that if you're good enough at Scrabble, it doesn't really matter if your opponent is cheating; you can still beat them. Okay. Uh, so it's it's yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool that way. But yeah, it's cheating definitely happens. The website that I play on mostly, uh, W O O G L E S dot io, Woggles—they uh, have anti-cheating uh, technology. They're oh, not cool. revealing what the algorithm is. Uh, so that people don't like circumvent it, but um, yeah, if you get caught, um, if you're too accurate on like using all of your letters, and then your in between plays are terrible, for example, you're going to get bopped off the mm-hmm.
0: website. Sure. And and you Thanks. know, a good enough player should be able to optimize their board pretty well. Without, as you said, they could beat someone who's cheating, who you know may l- use a computer optimization, but not necessarily have the chess-like nuance of the game. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah exactly and yeah it's it's uh it's always a, it's a challenge I mean it's fun to play all levels but uh I mean most levels
1: <laughs> so so how much is that strategy come into play because uh I guess for me I typically am trying to get the most points on the board as I can um but when I see pros play it doesn't seem like that's always the strategy they're more focused on bingos focused on the sort of uh the big picture of the game is it a is it a mix or do you have to know sort of When to put your tiles down and when to when to be searching searching for the elusive. No one to hold them and no one to fold
0: them, as they would say.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So I think I would say that if you find the highest scoring play in a position, it's often a very good play. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's it's sometimes also the best play. And yeah, I don't know. I I don't have numbers on it, but yeah, there's there's a lot about there's a lot a lot of strategy is like what you leave behind as well. So. If you're getting like right. four four extra points for your S, you'd better just keep it for for later basically. And
0: do you have right. words that you in the back of your mind are always looking for? Just like a word that you enjoy playing that, oh, I got a chance to play, you know, nut bar. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep thinking about it. Um do you have any of those? Yeah,
2: it's it's we call sort of we call uh trying to go for like cool words. We call that like sort of fishing for like a content play online, <laughs> that's what we call it you um, know this whole podcast is usually, a content
0: play really
2: yeah exactly we, we usually um if i'm close to something i'll notice uh but most of the time I'm, I'm dialed in to like trying to find the best play but if i notice that i have like a j a k and a u and an M, I'm like oh my god i could play musgic maybe like uh-huh. so yeah <laughs> you don't get many chances to do that yeah. So when I'm playing online, of course, like I'll, I'll often try to try to hit those words if I can, because they're cool. You're never going to be able to play all the words, even if I, even if I play like 10 games a day, I'm never going to play all the words I know. So and, uh, and yeah,
0: let's go back to you for a second. When did you figure out that you could make money doing this? Like, when does someone go, you know, a good a good amateur like. Jamie and I are drinking games playing. We usually score in the 400s, which we understand is pretty decent. But where does that, when can you go from that? Like, when did you realize, oh, I'm I'm one of the best there is?
2: If you're scoring in the 400s, man, like you should, I don't know. I, it depends we should you're be in Vegas <laughs> with you? Like <laughs> 400s is really good. But um, yeah, it was probably in 2011 that I really started taking the game seriously. There was a, player at the Montreal Scrabble Club who took me under his wing and was like, yeah, you seem to want to get better. Like, I'm pretty good. I can teach you what I know. And yeah, uh, that was, that was about when I started really taking it seriously. It's been a little, and, little and we, over 10 years.
1: And we should mention you're, you're the second, uh, you're a repeat champion from the Montreal, uh, Scrabble Club. Uh, mm-hmm. last year's winner was, was, uh, Michael Fagan, who was from the, the club as well. Um, also, oh, yeah, I, 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 I assumed, um, <laughs> But uh what's going on? Is it just are you guys just the best and you're playing each other and, and you're learning from the best up in Montreal is there something in the water is it the uh, is it the bilingualism and all the you know the just exposure to the double the amount of words that uh, is causing is causing Montreal to play the best tiles?
2: I don't think it's like it's any of those things I think it's really just random just like the, 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 the one the one thing that I will say is that like Montreal does have a heritage of like world champion, past world champions, and national okay. champions. Um, so there are three players that played like ex- ex- exhaustively at the Montreal Scrabble Club that won world championships back in the day. Oh, but since then, there hasn't been like that much action at the top. But uh, right, yeah, I don't know. It's
1: so you guys are you guys are bringing cool. the the Scrabble ashes back back yeah. up to the Belle Clavons.
2: I think the Montreal Scrabble Club, compared to the Toronto Scrabble Club, it's like, it's night and day. I think the Toronto Scrabble Club wow. is way too serious. Really? Um, yeah, it's this way too serious, and it, it actually doesn't, like, you want to be serious in a tournament. Right. In a club, you want to talk about what's going on in the news. Like, the club director, Bernard Gottlieb, will just, that, like, he also randomly start talking about, he yeah. Does, yeah, he'll just randomly start talking about what's stuff in the news, and, like, he sort of does like a little, a little one-liner about stuff like just midway through through everyone's games. So I think that sort of camaraderie and like chillness probably does contribute to. Uh, yeah,
0: well, that's I think that more you know something that makes Scrabble so fascinating to me from a a at least from like a, a casual play perspective and seeing as it you know professionally, it's such a type of thinking that is enjoyable to do but one you don't get to do so often in your everyday life. So it's relaxing in that way. So I think it should be relaxing, especially because it's, it's a game like, you know, I, I am afraid to think about what like professional monopoly tournaments are about because that, that can get like too real in my life. Like, you know, negotiating over property rights and dollars and here and that, but I find Scrabble very wholesome in that it is more of a a brain exercise than a, uh, Personality one.
2: Yeah, I think there is also there is a lot of personality that goes into the way you play. But yeah, I I mostly agree with that. I also think that there's a really nice balance of skill versus luck in Scrabble. Like Monopoly is too much mm-hmm. luck. Poker sure. is a ton of luck. Chess, there's not enough luck uh, for me. Uh, so it's there's sort of like you could beat me, game. Yeah, you could beat me in a game of Scrabble. And that would be awesome for you and for me. Right? <laughs> I'm humble enough. It's like, great, good job. But I could also just be like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Like, but yeah, it's, uh, I think that's part of it that's, that's, that's really nice. And I really hope Scrabble does like continue to grow. I think things are pointing somewhat in that direction. I, but I right. think the game needs a lot more exposure. People need to understand like what's so great about it. It's not just a kitchen table game and uh, making money. You asked, like I never expected to make money playing Scrabble. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's not a good idea to expect to make money playing Scrabble. If I play in any random tournament and I win, it's basically just paying for the. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Right, Right. So it's it's really it's right now it's hobby and I want to get it to profession but there's a lot that needs to happen uh, for that. So
0: I say this, you know, this is an auditory medium, but I want to tell our our listeners that behind uh, Josh, sort of over his left shoulder, there appears to be some sort of custom, beautiful-looking Scrabble board on the wall behind him um, as some sort of wall art, or maybe that's where he hangs his special board so it is viewed throughout his home. Um, But I want to ask... Two other questions I'm sure our audience are listening. Um, one, if you were, to, now that you've won this tournament, could you, like, call up Hasbro and be like, I'd like 10 sets to give out at the local orphanage, please? Or does that not, are you are you recognized by the official world of Scrabble? Or is it just more of a, a player's society?
2: It's probably more the latter. I could still probably use my privilege. Do, <laughs> like, like, do you have to buy, uh, buy
0: your own Scrabble board? Or do you like to get custom ones? Like, do you have your own? definitely have to buy yeah Yeah,
2: definitely have to buy them (laughs) but like yeah maybe as a national champion i could go to like Bryant park in in new york city and do like a simul a simultaneous exhibition that's sort of an idea that i've had for a while sure Um, that's a great idea yeah teaching teaching kids is just a great a great way to try and like get more people into the game as well Uh, and Hasbro definitely recognizes that aspect Mm -hmm. of scrabble but the competitive side of it um yeah, in all of its glory, is very much a grassroots player-based uh, thing. All of the tools that we use, all of the equipment we use, pretty much everything is just somebody's hard work and sweat that went into it and doesn't receive much uh, support at all from, from our corporate overlords.
1: So, Josh, uh, just wanted to ask you something uh, before before we wrap up. Uh, there's been a lot of talk recently I mean, obviously, the Barbie movie has been incredibly successful and has, has been a, a toy adaptation. There's been a lot of talk about other, I guess, Mattel properties. I, I know Scrabble's Hasbro, but um, you well, know, it's within that similar family, I think Scrabble is uh, Mattel
2: in the rest of the oh, world other than North America. actually. Ah. Yeah. So that's another that's another issue altogether. The, the question I had was if, if there was if there was going to
1: be and I guess at some point there will be a Scrabble movie. Uh, what is something
2: that you would want? It to? <laughs> Who's going to play the letter E? On? <laughs> as a theme do you have i know who's there... playing the letter e by the way i have a friend who tattooed the letter scrabble letter e on his wow. Own, so that would, <laughs> wow that would be him yeah for sure uh
1: so yeah any idea for a scrabble a scrabble movie or what will w- thoughts on what will eventually happen as it as it gets I honestly
2: adapted at some point there are so many characters in scrabble that i think documentaries would be the way to go for like the tournament scene to be seen okay but for a movie or maybe for like a, a Queen's Gambit type thing, um, I think there's a lot of material there. What was your question?
1: <laughs> just, just what should go on in the Scrabble movie. But I think a documentary is a good, a good way to answer that. And I think that would be a, a really fascinating thing to see. Um, so, Josh, I want to say thanks a lot for, for joining us and uh, we wish you continued success. We'll, we'll make sure to have your, uh, your, your links to your Twitch and uh, any other uh, content up on the show notes. Uh, but thanks again for joining us and, and good luck in your future, in your future scrabbling endeavors.
2: Hey, thanks a lot, James. Appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, well,
1: thanks again to Josh for joining us and, uh, we wish him good luck, you know, with continuing his professional scrabble ambitions. I, I, you know, it's tough cause it's one of the, it, it, it's in a tier of sports where I think it's, it's hard to make a living on per se. Uh, yeah, just but on you should, plane, but but you know, I I, I I think watching guys play Scrabble is very cool. Uh, you know, chess has had such a, a come up the last few years, and uh, I understand chess, but it doesn't appeal to me in the same way. And I, yes, I, I, Scrabble, I agree. I think is a lot said. more
0: approachable for me, at least.
1: I agree with what he said that it has a great mix of skill and like random number generation. That it's like that that is sort of like a sweet spot. You know, in the same way that poker is like you know. Oh, if you play enough hands, you will be dealt statistically, you know, the same hands as everybody else. Uh, but you get to, you know, but what you get in the certain spots, like the odds, the randomness of it, is part of the fun. And same thing with Scrabble. Like, there's a certain amount of letters left in the bag. Uh, you know, you you get a certain amount of them, and, and it's cool to see that. Um, it's
0: it's right. You know, I feel that way about backgammon. I feel like it's the right amount of luck and skill, even though there's a lot of you know sort of prescribed playing to do. But it's about taking advantage of the luck. When it happens, cribbage being another one. that yep. Like all, a lot of games, try and find that balance between luck and skill. I think that's a very good analysis of exactly how the game is played. Um, but we'll have to, uh, you know he he did mention that I could beat him <laughs> theoretically speaking. <laughs> on a good uh, day, if yeah. that were to ever happen, we are gonna let you all know on the Mentorers podcast sure. that I I I have. Well, I'll t- tell you how badly I lose the first time, and then if I ever beat him the second or third time
1: yeah, and we should say, you know, you know, aspiring word nerds like us, uh, you know, check check Josh's uh, streams out, uh, the games that he posts online. It's very cool to see uh, how these pros operate. And I think it, it it you know, it's similar to poker that it's like you are playing the same game as them. You know, it's not like watching an NBA game and it's like, well, I should also try to dunk, you know, that's just not gonna happen uh, these days at least. Um, but you know, you can see the words that they play, the way they approach the game and it, uh, it, it can give you some insight as well. Um, so thanks again to him for him for joining us. And, uh, as always, you can find us, uh, like, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it, except Stitcher, which no longer exists. Um, but that's right. We do Stitcher get pod- is done. Podcast, so we can, podcast, we can no
0: longer yeah. identify script Stitcher. I am going to take, um, his advice. I'm going to take Josh's advice right now and, um, start. Uh, an account on Woogles.io, oh, okay. which is his go-to Scrabble platform, and I'll start playing. You can find me. I'll yeah. uh, I'll I'll probably create my account as Menswarmers, and
1: you'll know you're playing me or Jamie. Okay oh, so you ever point. play against yeah.
0: Menswarmers on that, uh, Woogles.io?
1: That's great. Um, we're we're produced as always by Michael Freeman of the Canadian Jewish News. Uh, you can find all our stories and podcasts at the News News website the cjn.ca and you find us on uh, x slash twitter uh, we're we're, we're zeting up a storm uh, at at Mentormers, uh where we continue to post some news about Juicing sports and, and whatnot in our podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, send this off to all of your Scrabble playing aunts and uncles uh, who will be interested in, in, the, in the nice nice Jewish Montreal boy who won the championship. See so, ya. Yeah. <laughs>